You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, a little behind the scenes for the SMR Nation. Um, some of the times when we get together to get on the microphone to record our shows, we, mm-hmm. we try to stay really current. And so we're recording usually the week of the show right. when it airs or within the four or five days of it airing because we try to stay up with the emails and the voicemails that are coming in from the nation mm-hmm. and the conversations and the dialogues that are taking place. And so today, right before, uh, you know, Pam comes home, we're getting a few things caught up for the day and the, the what's going on in the kids' lives and comings and goings of our household and family and extended family, etc. And my wife informs me, uh, you sound like you're losing your voice. Yeah, wondering, okay, is that hurt? <laughs> no, but it, so apparently uh, I've got my deep radio voice on today. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Gonna play the tunes. Here we go. You're, you're the... like the midnight DJ. <laughs> Here we go. So thank you for taking some time out with us mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I can't do that. Call in with your requests. <laughs> we'll be here all night long. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we will be here with your questions or your comments or your topics that you want us to cover. And the way we do that is you email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or you call us at 214-702-9565. That's where you can leave us a voicemail. Let us know what's going on in your world and what we can do that might help steer your conversations a little bit better. Because that's what we're trying to do with Sexy Marriage Radio is frame conversations in better ways that help you address what's going on in your marriage. That's right. And... What you can do to help us as members of the SMR Nation is you can jump on iTunes, you can rate and review the show, you can leave a comment, you can do the same on Spotify or iHeartRadio, Google Play, Amazon. There's a bunch of different ways that we're now available. So spread the word that Sexy Marriage Radio is here to help, and we want to speak to what is going on in your world so that it'll help you the most. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is going on is... The earliest we've ever done, we've opened up the registration for next year's getaway. That's right. Already. So 2022's getaway is already available to come join us, and it's going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana. We've already got registrations flying out the door. So fun. It's such a cool city. With people. And so come join us on the road for a first time in a new location, uh, a little bit of a new format more social aspects that will be available that are optional to come Mm -hmm. and and enjoy and meet other people. But there's also still the main thrust of you get a time to be with your spouse and get some great content, have a lot of fun, and really get away with each other. Right. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, well, strike that. There's going to be only one version of Sexy Marriage Radio today. It's free to everybody today. So everybody gets the whole show. Merry Christmas. What we're trying to do today is just catch up on some emails that we've had and some voicemails that we've had that we just need to get through Mm -hmm. and and really do need to help because they've been pushed down long enough. And so we've got a lot of your questions and our answers, and we're going to spend the whole time doing it. If you want the full content in the future which means the full show as well as the extended content, mm-hmm. uh, you would join us at smrnation.com forward slash Academy, And this way you can go all the way with us every week. That's right. Enjoy the show. 
last week's episode, we talked about the idea of honor and obey and giving in in regards to vaccines. Okay. And yeah, what do you right. do when one person right. sees something completely different and we framed it in, under the umbrella of the vaccines because that was what the question was about. Right. Well, she emailed our, a reply to our episode. Oh, look forward to hear that. And so okay. she's saying, hey, thank you so much for, for the replying to my question. You brought up some great points. And I appreciate you looking at the situation from multiple angles. As an aside, if you as a listener are not sure what angles we're talking about, you're going to have to subscribe to the extended content because that's where it was last week. Back to the email. I think as I've spent some time thinking about the situation, I've come to realize that the honor-obey thing is a big deal for my husband. Whenever we're arguing about something, he will often say things like, you never listen or you never do what I say. My husband is a strong eight on the Enneagram scale, and he likes to be in control. Whenever I bring this up to him, it usually doesn't go well. That's kind of a funny aside. When you bring up the fact that you like to be in control to someone that likes to be in control, that makes them feel out of control, and so they, it's going to spiral. Circular reference, I get. <laughs> Absolutely. But I understand why he does not like it that I call him out for trying to control me. I think this vaccine thing also stems from that. In almost any context, he views my differing opinions as direct defiance, disobedience, and disrespect to him. So this is no exception. Even Even though that I have no issues with him being unvaccinated, he really does not want me to get vaccinated. The control issue is something I've learned to navigate after three years of marriage to him. I love my husband, and he has more great qualities than ones that bother me. I know we both have issues that we need to work through, and he's my best friend. But like you mentioned in the podcast... I chose him, and there's no one else I'd rather work through life with. So thanks for reminding me of that today. Appreciate all you do. Nice. Thanks for that feedback. Absolutely, because I think it's it's worth noting the dialogue that we can start in couples, but I also love having the chance to start the dialogue with members of the nation. Yeah, and because they've been going after it on the Academy this week. Absolutely, and I want people to have the chance to reply back on segments that we do. If we cover your question, when mm-hmm. we cover your question, let us know. What did we miss? We weren't joking with, let us know what we missed. Right, right. <laughs> we we want to carry on the dialogue because more data helps us have better discussions. Right. Hey, Corey, I discovered your podcast and the SMR Nation from the Christians Who Curse Sometimes Instagram page. I'm a huge fan, and me and my fiancé have been binge listening for the past couple months as we prepare for the big day, which is five days away right now. I know that if you make an episode on this question, it'll be after I get married, but perhaps it'll be good for other folks that were in my shoes. I feel like the vast majority of your content is focused on sort of healing the symptoms of some sort of sexual or communication dysfunction, you know, fixing the problems oftentimes caused by unhealthy sexual situations, or communication styles in the early years of your relationship or from before you even met your spouse. But oftentimes when I was listening, I was left wondering, okay, if these are problems that could come down the road, what can I be doing now to set up strong foundations and boundaries and systems to prevent that when I am married? Perhaps you've already recorded an episode more focused on the pre-married folks, single or engaged. And if that's the case, uh, could you link it or play it as one of the best of episodes? I feel like with the influx of Instagram and TikTok listeners, there might be a huge group of people that would benefit from some advice and your thoughts on how to engage with their partners before they're married to make their marriage bed as hot as it can be and the communication as successful as it can be. Thank you so very much for your podcast. Me and my fiance have gotten so much great stuff out of it and um, can't wait to hear more. Have a great day. Bye. 
Well, congratulations on the wedding that has passed, whenever that was. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the date on that, but uh, yeah, congratulations. So hopefully you guys are listening to this, and this is stuff, even if you're talking about, the question is, what can newlyweds be doing? You're early enough in your marriage, this is going to apply to you too, right? It's lots of stuff that absolutely preventative and, is always good. And I've I love the fact that there are newly uh, engaged couples, dating people, single people that listen and find mm-hmm. us and, mm-hmm. and find value out of it because we're talking more relational than just sexual in marriage. Right. Because everybody's in relationship and everybody's sexual. Right. We think it's the best when those two are combined as far as in a marriage. But we're all still sexual beings, and so right. there's actual desires and different things we need to have a better relationship with within our life. But So what are the best tips and practices that can help prevent mm-hmm. what can happen in marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the right path of the idea of how can I put some boundaries in place right. to look out for um, what inevitably could occur, because I love the idea that nothing prepares you for marriage but marriage. And the reason I love that is because we have no idea what we're really getting into until you're into it. Right, yeah. Saying that I know XYZ event is going to trigger my spouse into jealousy right? or going to trigger me into diverting my eyes elsewhere or my focus or whatever the case may be. I just don't know. If I can learn this thing ahead of time, we will avoid the inevitable and monotony and routine and rut that's going to happen in sex life and life together and doing life as roommates and all, because that stuff, no, you really can't prevent it because we evolve as people. I can be better aware of it to see it as this, it's inevitable, it's going to happen, it's going to wane, we cannot sustain the high of a wedding, the high of a new relationship, the high of new experiences. We, we come back down to the level set that we usually are at. I mean, that's actually been done in the happiness studies that are out there, that we can do something that's euphoric and we return back to around the baseline of where we were before. Okay, so if I can't prevent... But I know I can draw boundaries. So then it starts to become, as far as the best practices that happen of how are you going to address what baggages you're not even aware of, or maybe are a little aware of, because maybe you've done some premarital counseling. How do you address these things when they do happen? And the best way to do it is you respond better to it. You don't see it as a catastrophe, or as everything's gone wrong, or our tendency as people to overreact to things and, and make them all doom and gloom and dire. Instead, you look at it as, okay, what's a better way? What, what do I not know? This is the question I love now mm-hmm. that I've kind of landed on. You and I have talked about this right. in our relationships lately of you would bring something up to me and the way I'm coming across and my response is, okay, I'm not seeing it this way. Help, what do I not know about me? Yeah. yeah. Help me understand how you're experiencing me because this is not the intent, you know, and those are deeper level things that I think require more of us not being reactive is the way we squash it. I th- and I think that's key. It's curious, right? What what do I not know? Same thing as saying I'm being curious right. and I'm going to ask questions rather than react poorly. Good. 
And so I think slowing down and asking questions rather than trying to assume a meaning coming from the spouse or anything like that. I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head on that. And so a lot of it is just recognizing there's a normalcy that happens in marriage. Everybody faces it to varying degrees, especially the couples that want to go deeper Mm -hmm. in their marriage, that you're going to hit these roadblocks. You're going to have these times where we're not at our best. How do I recover better? How do I respond? How do I ask better questions? And then I use that data to propel me forward. Right. So this is a lady that's emailing and asking for a question or an, an advice. Okay, Pam. So I had a botched breast reduction last year. It left me maligned or mangled and not looking good. Pretty much like I had breast cancer. I was in extensive wound care therapy for nine months, and I'm still going through some changes after over a year. Sex was definitely difficult for me, and it still is. My husband also also said some pretty awful things to me, but I love him and want to move on, but I have realized lately that I don't want to have sex at all, and I'm super uncomfortable being naked in front of him. We use toys and such, but even when I find myself, my mind going elsewhere to half or to halfway enjoying it, it's literally a fight in my mind to stay focused on him. I don't want to be with anyone else, And I'm not into porn or anything like that, but my mind still goes to things in the past or even massage therapy sessions that I get often because of all the wound care that I've had. Plus, I don't really think he likes to touch me anymore, and he says to go get a massage so that I can relax. I have a male therapist who is absolutely professional and I feel safe with, but I often feel like my husband wants the therapist to do all of his foreplay as in touching me so that it does relax me. How do I get past an issue like this? Thank you. Background, we've been married together, happily together, for nearly 28 years. We're also in therapy together, and I start EMDR therapy in mid-August. Which, that's a great step, because the EMDR, for those in the nation and from the look at my wife's face that aren't familiar... Yeah, I was going to ask. I'm not familiar with what that is. This is a reprogramming. Uh, It's actually eye movement desensitization. Oh, yes. And it's helping reprogram the brain with traumatic issues and it's a very effective route to explore if you have trauma in your life that you're still dealing with and wrestling with it's a good way to help your body make sense of it that's that's my rudimentary (laughs) experience with emdr because that's not something i'm trained in but i'm familiar with it okay but that's a great step for her to be doing because that's going to help her with how she views herself how the sensations are, how she calms herself down. There's a lot of different things that can come from that. Sure. But she's talking about a pretty traumatic experience mm-hmm. that has impacted not only her and her self-view, but her relationship and her perception of her husband's view of mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Because we can't go fully, in my mind, from we don't know what his view really is, but we know her perception of his view. Right, and so her perception is driving this mental force, and then right. she's also got the physical force that's up right. against her, too. There is also the aspect, though, of he said some pretty hurtful things in the past, and I don't know what the context of that is. And this is one of those things that's very interesting to me. I want to take this quick and aside. Okay. Because we hear this a lot in relationships. We've had this at times in our past where something was said in jest or in the heat of an argument that it it really lands deeply 
because there's an element of truth usually wound in there. Yeah. It's something that is truly felt or thought. And we take it as fact and inflate it when we hear it. And it really can cause a divide and it really can cause an issue. Mm-hmm. So then you're looking at this dilemma of, okay, but why would you say it then? If, it, if, if you didn't believe it, why would you say it? Then that's rabbit holes that you're off on, right? Because Well, no one's saying you didn't believe it. Well, but this is where we start to take it as truth. And okay. we start to then internalize it and it changes our perception of ourselves. I got gotcha. you. And, and, we, I gotcha. and it just starts okay. to be compounded on, compounded on, compounded on. I got gotcha. you. So the aside I want to use just real quick because I think it applies here is just because something was true in that moment, just because a spouse might have thought that in that season or has this reaction with a, a, a huge traumatic issue that's come up for her doesn't mean he still does. Because if we were held responsible for every single thought we ever had, thank the Lord we have a Savior <laughs> in a spiritual sense. There is grace, right? But if grace, is, if grace didn't exist on a human level, no relationship's ever going to survive. Because we're not 100% pure. Right. And, and, and we can change. We can see things from a different perspective. And, right. And, and those things do change. So those still need to be addressed point by point sometimes to just make sure there's been an accounting for it, if you will. Okay. Of, okay, hold on. Because if there's the integrity moves of things that have ever been said in, in the past that have hurt and stung so deeply, if they are indeed no longer valid for that person, in this, in this situation, in the relationship, it needs to be held, brought out into the light in a sense. Gotcha. In the sense of, you know what? I did say that and I was totally wrong. And that's how healing can actually start to happen for a better future. Right. And, and to clarify, you're not saying continue to bring it up month after month, after month, after month, you right. bring it up, you deal with it, you address the elephant in the room or whatever is been befuddling you right because it's never been addressed before they don't they may not have any idea that the hurt is there for you because this is also going to be the same way i think she has to address her self-image how is that the same way because this we're talking about this element of how often do we get caught in i had this i had this identity in how I viewed and conducted myself. And then that gets altered. And part of the reason I can't move into what is, is because of what was. I can't let go of this is the change that has happened, good or bad. Okay. This is the change. It's, it's very, very difficult to come to grips with, this is my reality. And a lot of it is because I cling to what was my reality. And I haven't gone through the grieving process of honoring that Mm -hmm. and the transition that's required because it truly is a loss. And that's probably the best way to think about it Mm -hmm. is that identity has died. Right. A new one can be born, but I have to go through the grieving process to make that happen. And a lot of it can also then be, how do I see this as, okay, keep it as much data focused as I can. This is the reality of what it is. How do I detach as much meaning as I can and detach as much judgment as I can on it and see it as just because my breasts have been altered dramatically 
Not the way I want them. Does that make me no less of a human being? Does that make me less of a sexual being? Does that mean, is this the stuff that a lot of people face when you're talking about all kinds of different cancer deformity things that come from the treatments and car wrecks, all kinds of different scenarios? Absolutely. And so how do I come to grips with this is who I am? Because we get caught and I'm not saying she's doing this. I'm just talking about on a global level. But we get caught in this dilemma of, I want to have a pity party for myself because of circumstances. But after I'm done with that party, I'm still facing my circumstances. Right. So the emotion I have attached to it, I have to reevaluate and reframe as best I can to start to see, okay, hold on. I got 28 years into this relationship. Of course, I'm going to have a hard time when it comes to sex because... I'm a different person in how I'm bringing myself to it. Mm-hmm. So I need to not come at it like I used to, where the physical or the fantasy act would get me going physically, because there's now there's a barrier, it seems, of, mm-hmm. nope, the touch is different. The sensations are different. Well, of course they would be, because there's things that have been altered and, adjust, and, and adjusted. Right. But does that mean I'm no longer a sexual being? No. no. Does that mean I'm not even more capable, possibly, of what I wasn't even sure of, because this is the thing that, tell me if I'm wrong in this, on the truisms of what we've seen from people that have gone through, we don't know anybody to this degree, mm-hmm. but have gone through life-altering things. Right. And have come out the other end. Haven't they all, without fail, created a different level of depth of themselves after they come out the other end because they recognize, look at what I can do. Look at what I'm capable of. This didn't right. defeat me. This didn't. De- this right. doesn't define me. Right. And you can do one or the other. You can just let it go and let it define you and let it defeat you. But when you're doing what you're doing right now, I mean, going to the EMDR mm-hmm. and and take going through that therapy, um, calling in here, listening, working on it. Those are the things you're doing. The things to redefine. Right. You're doing the things to look for that, and and truly redefine. Who you are sexually. So after you do some of that heavy lifting, ma'am, and this could be concurrent, you also need to do the heavy lifting of, def- of redefining what's going on in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel like he's pawning foreplay off to your massage therapist, that needs to be brought into the light. Definitely. Yeah. If, if that's her fantasy is the massage therapist's hands. If, yep. If you feel not like, good for him. If you feel like he's repulsed or avoiding it, that needs to be called out into the light. Because if you're experiencing it, there's truth in it. Yeah, It may not be the entirety of the truth, but there's a sliver of it. And those are the suckers, when we don't acknowledge them, they, they grow and they cause even more con- divides because you're reading his map, he's reading your map. Does that make sense? It does. And so being able to bring that forward and say, hey, We've got some stuff that's come up, and this actually is a better path to intimacy when I Mm -hmm. can really start to address, this is what I'm experiencing, and the best way to do it is not the you, blah, 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 blah. The best way to do it is what I'm experiencing between us is, what I'm reading is, those kinds of phrases are your openers rather than, I feel like you don't love me anymore, because we're usually going to get defensive to that. Right. But if you come at it with, I'm really struggling with how I view myself as a sexual being, and I get a sense you are too. 
<laughs> that's that's a little lighter to bring out into what could be what really is happening. Yeah. And then if you have struggle even being naked in front of him, okay, what if you're partially naked? What if you cover the parts you're really struggling with a little bit more, but you're still working your way towards that? All of those are steps yeah. forward because these are baby steps yeah. that we need to take because we don't just, when we have major traumatic things happen, we don't just usually wake up in one fell swoop, we're good. Mm-hmm. These are steps where we earn ourselves in every little step we take. Right. Well done for taking the steps that you're already taking. Take a few more. Dr. Allen, thank you for your show. I get what you teach about being solid in your own self, and I agree that being authentically solid is something that will lead to more desire from my wife. What I'm curious about is Dr. Glover's teaching that women are more sexual than men and his experience that when he is really dialed in, the women in his life have wanted sex more than he does. Do you agree that when a man is good and authentically masculine, that his wife will become highly sexually invested in, basically horny for, him? I've heard and read that historically, women were considered the more randier of the two sexes. Would love your thoughts more. Well, since I have at my disposal as a co-host, a woman... That's kind of a weird phraseology of disposal. Yeah, it really is. Since I have the honor. Yeah, you're welcome for me being a disposable (laughs) item. Not disposable. I think you're okay. I'll own that. That, Total wrong. (laughs) Since I have a woman here with me, do you think there's a possibility women could be more sexual than men? Sure, there's a possibility. What do you think about the practicality of that, though? Um, it, there's factors to it. Certainly, if a man's more masculine, I think that that brings that out. S- but so much of it, I think, is societal. Um, I I feel like that. Yes. What the the expectations we put on ourselves, especially here in I don't know. I, I I've only grown up in America. You know, I've been other places, but I've only known growing up here. Right. And the expectations that I see on the female. Gender, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot on the plate, and I gotta meet all those well, quotas and, and be hot in bed too. Western society has has classified women differently than women have been throughout history, too. Specifically, how? Well, taking out of out of the equation the fact that women were oftentimes thought of as chattel prior to independence and right. voice and uh, right. and property. So I don't. Right. That aside, right. a lot of the reasons why, and it's interesting, I've not really done a whole bunch of a deep dive into the rationale behind some of the decisions, but a lot of the reason why the uh, modesty, the lock them up, that kind of a keep them at bay was because women were thought of as the more sexualized beings, largely because of the passion that a woman can emote more mm-hmm. freely oftentimes than a man. The ability for being multiple orgasmic Mm -hmm. that's different than a man. But then there's also a component of a biological hypothesis that can be going on that could be attributed to this factor. And that is the sheet that is in between your brain, the hemispheres of your brain, Uh the corpus callosum. Women have more activity going on between the two hemispheres than men do. And so that's supposed to correlate to sexual 
That correlates, Desire? no, not that it correlates to sexual. That correlates to oftentimes, and I'm going to be very simplistic with this, but oftentimes you got Thank the logic you. side and the emotional side. Okay. There's more, go- there's more fluidity going on between the two hemispheres in, in women than there is in men, mm-hmm. which oftentimes is thought of as that equates to more passion if it was steered in the sexual realm. Okay. That equates to more creativity and vibrancy. And if you equate it towards the sexual realm, well, then maybe a woman could be more randier than a man. More randier. More randy. Yeah, I caught that right when I heard That's it. All I'm good. just going to be flubbing all the way. If you English well. That's all right. I, well, um, at least you're at my disposal. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> there is a sensuality that a woman can have that I don't, that, that is not a manly thing, right? Yes. That is not something that um, I see it just in my mind being emitted from a man. Correct. And so I can totally see that side so of things. To answer his question specifically. Would I like to be there? Yes. <laughs> Would I like you to be there? Yes. <laughs> so anyway. to, to answer his question specifically, because I've come across this before from Dr. Glover, that I think it has to be in the context of when a woman, he also simplifies it this way. Women, I'll frame it as Eve, are security-seeking creatures. And when she feels safe with a man, she will and likely can then let herself go more. Especially sexually is what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Because she feels trusting in that environment. That's his phrase of trust equals lust. Mm -hmm. That she knows he's solid enough to handle her. Mm-hmm. That he, she knows he's solid enough to treat her well, to take her places that she can't go by herself. Men, same corollary. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of married sex. So I believe when a marriage gets really, really good and safe, quote unquote, and solidness of him, mm-hmm. yes, it can ramp up quite a bit. And she could even be more sexual, which might be why, statistically speaking, women, and biologically speaking, can hit a little more of a peak in their 40s and 50s sexually because they're more comfortable in their own skin. One, their stress levels are different because usually you're not talking about toddlerhood happening as much and what's required of them with everybody fighting for time on the breasts. But it's looking at it from the lens of there's more quality of a relationship likely too because you've been through the battles together with each other. You've created some things together. You've seen what he's made of. I think back to one of mm-hmm. the very first times you were on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were filling in, and I brought up the idea of an S test. And I'm, it's, I'm not going to use the word, yep. but it's a dynamic where a woman will test the solidness of a man by yeah, just giving that. him crap. I remember that. Yeah. And you said, to your credit, because you didn't even know I was going there with the show, mm-hmm. but to your credit, you said, yeah, I do that. <laughs> because I want to see if you're in this for the long haul. <laughs> And I love the honesty of that because I think that's just what this is touching on. Yeah. That I think there's an element of it can amp up a woman when she knows she's with a man that can treat her well and is not just at her disposal, at his disposal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring that back into it. All right. <laughs> for his Full needs, circle. For his needs. But it's for hers too. Mm-hmm. And I think when those environments are created, can a woman be the randier of the two? Yes. I think so. And largely it's because, biologically speaking, she's got an automatic weapon. We do. Congratulations, ladies. 
Not just a shotgun. Use it well. Please. <laughs> so an email that came in that from a husband that says, My wife and I have been together for 20 years and have always enjoyed having sex, so getting into the bedroom has never really been a problem. She also has always been able to climax around 99% of the time, so that hasn't been a problem either. Which, around 99%. That's well pretty, done. Wow, okay. Um, the frustration I've got stems from how we climax. She will only go if she is the one in control. We've tried every position there is, and it worked through hundreds of oral sessions, but she can't seem to go unless it's a position where she is making the movements. I feel like our sex life is just two people pleasing themselves rather than two people trying to please the other person. Is this normal? I hear and read so many things that talk about pleasing your partner, and I don't feel like I've ever really done that. Thanks for what you do. Well, that's interesting. Has she just not communicated the good position or the spot that really gets it, right? Or is it truly that desire in her mind to So there's there's two things that come to my mind on this. So it's almost two points that need to be made. One is the bigger point in a secondary. Let's start with the secondary. Okay. Because you're that's where you're going with the idea of how do you crack this problem? How do you how do you come up with a way that what he's asking? How do we make it to where I can actually be the conduit of pleasure sometimes mm-hmm. for her? Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's a valid question, but I don't I think it pales in comparison to the first question of what you're doing is successful. Right? They're having great sex. That's what, to his own admission. What he's saying, I'm, I'm going by, it's working. Yeah, but, but the way you phrase it there brings out a disconnect, though. Oh, we're having great sex, but he, it sounds like there is a disconnect. He wants to be he the source of his, of his wife's pleasure without realizing if she's the one in control, he still is a source of her pleasure. Right, but he also said it feels like they're... Go back to the wording that he used there. Well, it, 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 it I feel like, like our sex is just two people pleasing themselves rather than two people trying to please the other person. Two people pleasing okay. themselves. He's saying there's not a connection there. We're both sitting there getting off. Well, okay, but she she only goes if she is the one in control. Mm. I'm hearing this as he can be an apparatus, but she's got to be the one behind the, the controls. Right. So am I not providing pleasure if I'm the apparatus? He is. So that's that's I, I'm just trying to add that component in there of how do you frame it as it's still something that's happening within each other's presence. And I think that matters. It, it does. So it sounds like it's a reframe of right now. It sounds like for him, there's a disconnect there that he's not. And that, that meaning is coming across that there's, He's missing some sort of okay, connection. But this also or, is in line with what we've talked about with couples or women that have emailed in in the past that have said, "How do I, how do I get an orgasm? How do I get, how do I give my spouse an orgasm? Whatever it might be." And there's a big component of that percentage quadrant, if you will, of they have to give it themselves. They have to allow it in. They have to okay. seek it themselves. They have to invite it in. In a sense, it's not something that I don't just give it to you. <laughs> 
Gotcha. Right? It's not gotcha. that it's not an exchange like that. Okay. So it sounds like on this one the dial's just dialed over more than he wants it to be. Okay. So then you're looking at it as okay. When you're trying to figure out how to please your partner, one, I just want to add again the the idea of you are. It's just not in the manner you see it as pleasing her. Unless there's data I'm missing from what I'm reading. Okay. Because you're a source of pleasure in that. Mm-hmm. You're just not the one that is the pleasure or providing all of it. Okay. I'm reading you as something different, though. Well, I, I can be there and participate, but if my meaning is something different, I've either got to change the meaning in my head or I've got to address, address what's going on. Right. And that's a good segue into what he's asking is how do you bring that up of we've tried all these different positions of the goal of how do I give this to you rather than how do I get closer within this aspect of what we're doing together, regardless of who's actually doing it? How do I connect more with the aspect of what we're doing together, regardless of who's in control of it? Is there a way to reframe some of that? Mm -hmm. Is there a way to be kind of maybe take over part of the reins for part of the time and then they take it back to finish. I mean, a lot of couples find this avenue of we can do a lot of fun things and then when it's time to actually finish it, we know how to do that. And it's a certain position, it's a certain move, it's a certain, you know, whatever it might be, certain song. Sure, sure. <laughs> kind of, there we go. Rhythm, now we get over the there's top. there's our rhythm. Yep, there it is. But it's, I, I think a lot of times we can get caught in this dilemma of, what we have is pleasurable and good. It could be more. Absolutely. Everybody's could be more, but at the expense of what? Mm-hmm. And so just, I'm kind of saying, slow down. I like the question. Reframe it some, but then also look at it as my goal. Our goals aren't hundreds of oral sessions so that I can actually give you an orgasm. What if it's oral sessions that get you a little bit closer during that time, you change the meaning of how you bring yourself to it, not the goal of what you're hoping to accomplish. And see what that does with the connection so it's less disconnected, possibly. Then let us know. And hundreds of oral sessions, if you've got some positions I'm not aware of, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I'm, I'm interested. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Because okay. I think that's, uh, that okay. gets us caught up. There's still a few more that we'll... We'll interweave in the weeks to come, plus all the other ones that will be coming in. Right, <laughs> we'll, right. We, we, will, we will catch up. And if our conversations, like we mentioned in one of the segments today, that if we left something undone or we're off base or uh, there's a couple of segments that from if, if we were in video, you guys would be watching. Um, yeah, they're not on the same page there with the way they're seeing it. Oh, I'm sure they can hear it in my voice. <laughs> but if they could see your face, it would confirm it. <laughs> Poor Corey. <laughs> that, that I could be way out in the deep end and Pam's like, I got no clue what you're talking about or I don't agree or something. <laughs> or you're not hearing me. <laughs> That's okay. It happens email on the microphone us, too. That's- email and let us know what you're hearing. It'll be funny to see if your, what you're hearing describes what Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Uh, join in to my angst at times <laughs> of, of reading a wife that's at my disposal. No, she's not, actually. Stop. Um, <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we thank you again for taking some time out of your day each and every week that you do. Um, we hope that you'll come see us in June of 2022 up in Indianapolis. 
Registration's available right now. smrnation.com forward slash getaway. It's where you can learn more and save your space. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.